Welcome to Reproductive Left, produced by WERU in collaboration with Mabel Wadsworth Women's Health Center, a feminist, client-centered, sexual and reproductive health care provider in Bangor, Maine. I'm your host, Abby Strout. On each show, we tackle a topic that impacts our sexual and reproductive health by inviting members of our community who work specifically on the subject. Reproductive Left covers a variety of issues, including, but certainly not limited to, reproductive rights, feminism, access to services, sexuality, gender, and relationships. To wrap up our show, we answer your sexual and reproductive health questions in our Ask Mabel segment. Be sure to stick around for it. Good afternoon. Thanks for tuning in. I have a great show for you today. Last month at Mabel Wadsworth Center's annual dinner, we honored two amazing individuals whose work has improved the lives of women in our state. One award, the Mabel Sign Wadsworth Lifetime Achievement Award, was presented to Dr. Paul Savage for his decades of service providing compassionate, non-judgmental abortion care to people in Maine. In this episode, you will hear one woman's story about how he impacted her life. The second award, the Ruth L. Lockhart Feminist Activist Award, was presented to Kathy Kilrain Del Rio of the Maine Women's Lobby and Policy Center for her tireless activism for women throughout Maine. In this episode, you will hear about her accomplishments and her inspiring remarks. Just a quick disclaimer, this was recorded live and during dinner, so I apologize for the background noise. Now let's get to it. Here's Andrea Irwin, Executive Director of Mabel Wadsworth Center, welcoming everyone to the event and introducing our first speaker. It's truly a privilege for me to lead this organization at this moment in time and as part of the broader movement for reproductive justice. For those of you who may not be familiar with the center, welcome. Mabel Wadsworth Center is truly unique. We're the only not-for-profit independent feminist health center in Maine and one of just several nationwide. We were founded in 1984 and provide sexual and reproductive health care through education, clinical services, and advocacy to the women of Eastern and Northern Maine. And we were the first publicly available abortion provider in Maine, proudly providing abortion care since 1994. But as tonight demonstrates, this organization is so much more than just a health center or healthcare provider. We are a community, a community of supporters of all ages from all over Maine and beyond who all share the common values of feminism, equality, social justice, and empowerment for women to have control over their own bodies and their lives. So now I wanna talk a little bit about those rough waters. When the founders of Mabel's gathered around a kitchen table in 1984, determined to create an independent organization free from government control and interference in women's lives, they never could have predicted what would follow. As you all well know, there's a coordinated and extremely well-funded campaign to end access to safe and legal abortion in this country. 288 trap laws or targeted regulation of abortion providers have been passed since 2011, and hundreds of clinics have been forced to close around the country. Anti-abortion extremists are doing everything they can to dismantle what we and the founders and generations before us have fought so hard for, which by the way is just basic healthcare. 
In just the past year, we've seen attempts by Congress to defund Planned Parenthood, specifically because they provide abortion care, and an unprecedented increase in violent attacks on reproductive health providers. These zealots have no limits. They will sink to the lowest levels possible to achieve their goals, acting illegally if necessary, none of which is acceptable. And perhaps most important, and the thing that gives us the most concern, there's a major case pending before the Supreme Court called Whole Women's Health, which is named after an independent clinic like ours in Texas. And it's a case that will impact access to abortion care for generations to come. But just because the waters are rough doesn't mean they can't also be exhilarating. One of the highlights of the past year was when we joined the ACLU of Maine, Maine Family Planning and Planned Parenthood of Northern New England to sue the state of Maine to restore Maine care coverage of abortion care. While the court case will take some time, in the meantime, we know this case sends a powerful message. Your income shouldn't matter and all women deserve equal access to abortion care under the law. Thank you. And there are other bright spots to reflect on and celebrate. We are proud to have played a role, a larger role, in supporting the LGBT community and are expanding our services to offer hormone therapy and other services to transgender people. This service has been greatly needed by folks across the region, and the response has been overwhelmingly positive. We will be co-sponsoring Bangor's Pride Festival this year. We are also very honored to be part of the growing and evolving and vibrant downtown Bangor. Even though we're not geographically downtown, our hearts are with you. <laughs> Having grown up here, moved away and returned, I am so in awe of what the city now has to offer. The center is thrilled to be part of this renaissance and we've worked with many local groups this past year to hold events downtown, such as our Women's Equality Day rally to observe the anniversary of women's suffrage and many others. And of course, with economic growth comes greater healthcare needs, and we will continue to be the local reproductive healthcare provider for the community, just as we have been for more than 31 years. Finally, I'd like to talk about the most important aspect of our work, the very brightest spot, and that is our client-centered care. We are also deeply committed to ending abortion stigma and the shaming that surrounds this common, normal medical procedure that one in three women will experience in her lifetime. I am honored to introduce you to one of those clients who is here tonight to share her story about getting abortion care at Mabel Wadsworth Center. Catherine Frederick is a graduate student at the University of Maine in the School of Marine Sciences and originally hails from Louisville, Kentucky. Unfortunately, she is unable to speak tonight because she has laryngitis, but... <laughs> But she is here, and Terry Marley DeRozier, our women's health nurse practitioner and one of our founders, is going to share Catherine's story for her. So please welcome Terry and Catherine. I'm honored to be able to share Catherine's story. We have bad days, long weeks, and difficult years. For me, February 2015 was the end point of a disparaging, brutish year. It was early in the month, and I was staring at a positive pregnancy test. It was the fourth test I had taken that day with the same daunting results. I was baffled, confused, angry, and scared. 
Initially, my brain refused to accept that outcome. I made every attempt to reconstruct the previous months. I tried to imagine and can't capture my monthly flow. There was a two-month gap of uncertainty, and my mind worked like a Rolodex as I attempted to retrace my contraceptive prescriptions. I'd been on the pill at the time. I'd been responsible, or so I thought. For several hours, I laid on the cold floor of my bathroom, internally processing the potential of a skipped day. I was tired and confused, and fatigued memories were my only clues. Time passed, but everything felt so still. My body was limp, but my brain was racing in a frantic state. I had somehow convinced myself that if I could solve an imagined equation of events, my pregnancy test would be invalid. Of course, I understood false positives were impossible, unlikely. Yet my psyche remained unconvinced. I eventually contacted a close and dear friend and shared my uncertainty, my choice to abort, and my overflowing anxiety. An added complication, I was in an abusive relationship with a man who frequently expressed that abortion was not an option he was willing to accept. In the course of 10 years, three women he had dated became pregnant all of whom had sought abortions without his counsel. Already abusive and controlling, the concept that a woman would, in his words, refuse to acknowledge his choice in the matter infuriated him. Naturally, I feared his retaliation should he discover my predicament. Another fact, I lacked necessary funds for an abortion. Graduate students are not renowned for their overly generous stipends. If I had been single, I might have managed to pull together the funds. However, I was solely responsible for the financial care and support of myself and my abuser. You could imagine that severe depression, anxiety, and fear were a constant state of mind. Intuitively, I knew there were options, but my mind lacked the clarity or emotional capacity to construct a rational and sound approach. Do you need me to take a break? It was my conviction, however, that I could not, under any circumstance, subject a child to my financial and emotional constraints. In the context of our conversation, my friend assured me that I was not alone and that I needed not to worry. A plan was manageable and options were available. I am confident she said more, but I was exhausted and the finer details are difficult to recall. I do know that she encouraged contact with Spruce Run regarding my situation. I did as she asked and fell asleep. I woke up the next day fretting over my situation. I trusted my friend, but it was easy to anticipate the pieces that could fall apart. Within 24 hours of our initial conversation, my phone rang and a private number flashed across my telephone screen. 
In Maine, there is only one place I associate with a private number, Mabel Wadsworth. <laughs> I held my breath and answered as my beating heart slowed to a still. I was introduced to a founder and immediately noted her gentle yet firm and reassuring voice. It was revealed that funding was available for the cost of my treatment if I wished to pursue my decision. I wish I could express the emotions that preceded, but there was nothing eloquent in my reception of such news. I had quite literally turned into a messy ball of tears and a barrage of thank yous. With good news in hand and encouragement from Spruce Run, I also managed to contact my abuser and explain that, seeking an that I was seeking an abortion, he was no longer welcome in my home, and that when he found his own space, his personal effects would find their way to him in boxes. With the financial support and the reclamation of my life, I knew I could proceed. In that moment, I felt strong, capable, and yet incredibly vulnerable. I met with the health practitioners at the center and discovered that I was very early in my pregnancy. At a time when most doctors would ask a patient to wait before proceeding, Dr. Savage was willing to remove the material from my uterus. Although Dr. Savage was not privy to the entirety of my story, I think it's safe to say that his years of service molded natural intuition that an early stage abortion was critical for my emotional recovery. I truly believe if access to safe abortion was restricted, I could be a welfare mother. I may not have earned my PhD candidacy, an achievement as of January of this year. My decision may not have been my own or my abusers, may have, or my abuser may have had the final say. I may still be with an abusive male. And an early, safe, and legal termination in the first trimester may have been impossible, which would have hindered my recovery. At this time, I'd like to thank Mabel Wadsworth Center for the assistance and access to abortion care that they provide through their facility. With their continued advocacy, my reality is not any one of the circumstances I've just described. I'm also grateful that their staff provided a safe space for my procedure and access to guidance and counseling during recovery. I also need to thank Dr. Savage. With complete sincerity, Dr. Savage is one of the kindest and most empathetic individuals I have been under the care of and am glad to have been his patient. I'd also like to take this time to say thanks for the support and empathy of dear friends and informed colleagues. With their care, I was able to recover from the procedure with greater ease. And lastly, I'd like to thank this audience for listening to my story. I hope it shares with you the good work and deeds that Mabel's does for the women in our community and for the health of our state. If you are just tuning in, you are listening to Reproductive Left, produced in collaboration by Mabel Wadsworth Center and Community Radio, WERU. 
You were just listening to Terry Marley DeRosier, Women's Health Nurse Practitioner, read Catherine Frederick's story at the Mabel Wazer Center's annual dinner, where we honored Dr. Paul Savage. Also honored that evening was Kathy Kilrain Del Rio of the Maine Women's Lobby and Policy Center. Next, you will hear her introduction and remarks. Both were edited a little to fit in this episode, so you can read the full remarks at mainwomen.org. I have the distinct pleasure of presenting this next award, the Ruth L. Lockhart Feminist Activist Award. And luckily, Ruth's looking right at me. Hi, Ruth. (laughs) This award is named for my predecessor, Ruth L. Lockhart, who, as we've mentioned, we gathered one year ago today, or one year ago in this very room, to honor her 23 years of service to Mabel Wadsworth Center as its first executive director and for helping to start this organization more than 31 years ago. Ruth's commitment to feminism and activism is unparalleled, aptly depicted as Wonder Woman as part of last year's celebration. Ruth's leadership has inspired future generations to take up the mantle of reproductive rights advocacy. She clearly championed women's health locally, but also played significant roles at both the state and national levels to advocate and agitate for abortion access and gender equality. Quite simply, the landscape of reproductive rights in Maine would look quite different if it were not for Ruth Lockhart. It is therefore fitting that tonight we present this award, the Ruth L. Lockhart Feminist Activist Award, to another fearless feminist, who inspires younger generations to take action and make a difference in the world. So please allow me to tell you about the recipient, Kathy Kilrain Del Rio. Kathy has spent her life working to educate and empower others while trying to build a more just world. In 2012, Kathy joined the staff of the Maine Women's Lobby and Maine Women's Policy Center, where she oversees program, outreach, fundraising, and communications efforts. These two organizations are very special to us. They're wonderful coalition partners. The purpose of these organizations is to ensure that Maine women have a voice at the State House and in other places decisions are being made. Advocating for women's health, including our reproductive rights, is just one of the four issue areas they focus on. But they never fail to bring awareness of abortion access to the forefront or to connect the dots between women's access to basic health care like birth control and abortion care as key to their economic security. Kathy has worn many hats there, but some of her key accomplishments include organizing two iterations of the Maine Women's Summit on Economic Security, developing training materials and programs for advocates and partner organizations, and coordinating press conferences and rallies on key issues affecting women in Maine. She also co-chairs the Alliance for Maine Women, of which Mabel Wadsworth Center is a member, and helps engage Maine Women's Lobby members, the public, the media, and legislators on issues involving violence, discrimination, health care, and economic security. Kathy is also an organizer where she resides in Portland. She worked extensively on Portland's recent ordinance, raising the city's minimum wage, and the ongoing fight to protect general assistance for immigrants in Maine. She's proud to serve as part of the Maine Immigrants' Rights Coalition and support its ongoing efforts on a wide range of issues impacting the immigrant community. In fact, last year, she was unable to attend this event because she was helping to lead a large rally in Portland to oppose the governor's proposed general assistance cuts. 
Kathy is passionate about making feminist organizations and advocacy inclusive for all women and raising up the voices of the most vulnerable in our work toward a truly equitable future. As you may infer from this very long list of accomplishments and activities, to say that Kathy is tireless is an understatement. What isn't necessarily conveyed in this bio, however, is her awesome capacity for engaging with and leading people of various groups from different backgrounds with sometimes competing agendas to achieve a single unified goal in coalitions. Kathy leads several statewide coalitions and alliances with tremendous skill and organizational ability, always acting with diplomacy and poise. And less sexy, but equally important, she's always professional, kind, and dependable. Working as an organizer and an activist in times like this, with increased division and animosity, is challenging. And we need more people in the world like Kathy. She makes our state a better place to live, and she is relentlessly optimistic about our ability to stay the course when all signs are pointing us in another direction. She inspires us on a daily basis to do better, work harder, and fight longer. Most important, Kathy is a true social change agent, a fearless feminist, an organizer, and leader. I am honored to call her my colleague and my friend, and truly honored to present her with this award, the Ruth L. Lockhart Feminist Activist Award. Wow, <laughs> that was a lot. Um, thank you so much. I'm incredibly honored to be receiving this award named for such a remarkable woman who has done so much for women in Maine. Ruth, you are a true inspiration, and I will work hard to live up to your example. Thank you also to everyone here at Mabel Wadsworth for providing excellent care and doing so with a feminist spirit. When Andrea and Abby first called to tell me about this award, I was speechless, which those who know me know that doesn't happen very often. And it really, truly means the world to me. And I apologize that I'm speaking with a cough drop, but I have this cough that just won't quit. Um, I grew up surrounded by songs of rebellion, protest, peace, and justice. As a child of the 70s and 80s, I watched Princess Leia stand up to Darth Vader, Wonder Woman defeat the bad guys with her lasso of truth, Jessica Fletcher fearlessly take on sexists and murderers. I know that's a touchy subject here in Maine, but she's awesome. The ring wraith who wouldn't be defeated by any man was brought down by a woman. Is it any wonder that I grew up to believe that I could actually save the world? I did believe that then, and I still believe it now. But along the way, I realized that you can't save the world all by yourself. That's why I'm grateful that I'm surrounded by so many people who nurture my dreams. When I was a little girl, my favorite books were Harold and the Purple Crayon and Horton Hears a Who. Anyone in my life who has a little kid knows that I still love these two stories, and I give them to every young child I know. And when I think about what I want to do with my life, those two books always come to mind. I believe they taught me three important lessons that I try to live almost every day. Harold taught me that I can create the story, I can create the world that I want to live in. Sometimes it may not turn out exactly as you think it will, but then you pick up your crayon and you try again. Each of us needs to decide what we want the world to, that we live in to look like. 
and then we need to do what we can to make that a reality. The Maine Women's Lobby works for a future where all of us can live our lives free from violence, free from discrimination, a future where each and every one of us has true access to a full range of health care, and all of us have real economic security. I actually believe that vision can be a reality and that we can take a step closer to it every day. I know that for some people that sounds like a fantasy, but not to me. We may not make it there in our lifetimes, but it can exist, and I'm going to do my best to make it possible. That brings me to Horton's lessons. He taught me that a person's a person no matter how small. All of us have experienced being the unseen person at some time or another, or being seen and disregarded. For some, that is a daily, almost constant struggle, but it shouldn't be. Every single human being has value. Every single one of us deserves to be seen, deserves to be heard, deserves to be able to meet our basic needs and then go beyond those basics and thrive. Every single person deserves to feel loved, accepted, heard, and seen. In working on women's rights, I hear almost daily someone say, I can't believe we're still fighting these same fights. Or, we've been working on equality for decades and we're still not there. And I've said those words too. But while we certainly face attacks on rights that should be settled, I think we're actually in a much better place to win today. Well, I know that for many in this room, intersectionality isn't a new concept. I think the recognition that we can't work for any cause in a vacuum is becoming more understood by more people. We can't work for reproductive justice without racial justice without economic justice, without acknowledging the challenges that someone may be facing because of their unique experiences. Not all our identities are visible, so we can't assume we know someone's story from the outside. It is imperative that we help each other see one another as vibrant individuals, and that we hold each other accountable when we overlook that complexity. And that brings me to the last lesson from Horton, that we need everyone's voice to succeed. I don't know if it's the most important lesson, but it's the one that gives me the most hope in our work. To succeed, we do need everyone's voice. And the beauty of seeing issues as interconnected is that it means more of us have a stake in the success of all our issues. We can invite more and more people in. It also means it's our responsibility to step up and help others in their struggles, too. Because if we add all our voices and our efforts together, we'll be heard. We'll succeed. I know that it's true, and it will happen. <coughs> I almost made it. As I mentioned earlier, I grew up with many songs in my life. One of those is probably known by all of you. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. When I look out into this room, I see a beautiful glow from each of you. Everyone has something that makes their light shine out. What is it that makes you glimmer? What is it that makes each of us blaze? I think the way we'll triumph is to nurture each other's spark, give each other a chance to be radiant. Together, we're a dazzling ball of justice that is unstoppable. That's it for today. Once again, there wasn't time for Ask Mabel, but please send us your questions for the next show. Simply email educate at mabelwadsworth.org. 
If you want to listen to past episodes of Reproductive Left, you can find us on weru.org in the archives. We're also on SoundCloud. That's soundcloud.com slash Mabel Wadsworth. And you can subscribe on iTunes or through whatever podcast app you use. Thank you for listening to Reproductive Left, produced in collaboration by WERU and Mabel Wadsworth Center. I'm Abby Strout, and please tune in next time, the first Tuesday of the month at 4.30, right here at Community Radio WERU 89.9 Blue Hill, 99.9 Bangor, or online at weru.org.